0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Megan's Old Office. My name is J.D. Gorlett. I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian Church. Once again, I am joined by our director of uh, children's and family ministry, Mr. Keith, Mr. Keith Holmes. Keith, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well today. Are you? Yes. Huh? It's... Really?
0: I'm so happy. You
1: know, I feel, I feel like...
0: God is inspiring me, and and
1: and I'm looking forward to our conversation
0: this morning. Yeah, we've got some good passages, as we usually do, I mean, to, to talk about. We are continuing our uh, program our, our, of um, studying the parables, and uh, we're going to conclude with five um, parables here in the month of May, and uh, we're going to be talking about the parable of the talents from Matthew chapter 25, if you want to get your Bibles ready for that. Uh, Keith will be reading uh, that passage in just a moment. Uh, but Keith, before uh, we get into the parable of the talents, I want to ask you, I'm very interested to know, what was the biggest chance that you ever took in your life?
1: You know, it's interesting, yeah, when we were talking about this earlier, you know, uh, originally I was thinking, oh, it was asking my wife to marry me. But but I have to, I have to go back even further than that. And I, and as I sit here and I'm contemplating, it and I think this is me now at my age, thinking back to the young man that I was, thinking, "Wow, what a am- big chance that kid took!" But at the time, I'm not sure I even thought it was that big a chance. Asking
0: Alice to marry you. N-
1: well, no, actually, well, that is it. But it's it, going back even before that. It was moving from where I was to Richmond, Virginia, where Alice and I met. And because it was that move that ended well, you know, I met the girl of my dreams and, and, and whatnot, but, but it was that, okay, I'm living here in Pennsylvania with no prospects, with nothing to do, I got some friends down in Virginia, down in Richmond, Virginia, I'm just gonna go down and see them and see what happens. So I, I, I literally packed everything I owned That I wanted in the back of my car, and drove for four or five hours, and arrived in Richmond, Virginia, and unpacked my or you know unpacked my stuff, crashed on my buddy's couch. With no idea what my life was going to be like, did you I had, even have a job? I didn't have a you job. You just went there because you knew I, a few because guys. because
0: I knew people there, and, and you, didn't, you didn't know Alice. You didn't even know nope. Alice and, existed. And at that point. exactly right. And exactly that ended up being right. the best blessing that came out of that.
1: Right? But but had I not just said I I got nothing else I can do. You know, maybe that was it. Maybe it wasn't even that. Wasn't a great big a chance because it was like there's just nothing else I can do or want to do. I uh, there's nothing in the town that I was living in with my parents. After uh, you know, I was out of college a couple of years. I was back at home with my folks. I'm like, well, this isn't working out. I don't want that. There were nearly no prospects that I was cared to find right. out about. But and still, I
0: think it's a good answer. I mean, I wasn't there for it, but I mean, yeah. I still. It sounds like a good answer to it because you know, you took a chance on Richmond, Virginia right. without any real guarantees. And we were right. talking about, you know, our initial answer was, well, you like you said, well, asking our wives to marry us was a right. big chance. And yet there was some indication, that, you know, the reason yeah. we proposed <laughs> marriage was because we thought it was a, a pretty good idea. But I get that answer that it's like, well, she could have said no. Right. And Laura, in my case, uh, Alice, in your case, uh, but that the answer that you give of moving to Richmond, you know, that's a deal where you're just going into the unknown, completely, uh, without any kind of real solid motivation, Wait. other than a couple of a uh, couple of uh, idiot friends. Right. That had yeah. a couch. Yeah, you know? they had a
1: couch, and I was able to do it. Yeah. Does that sound like a lot? Does that make me sound like Abraham? Well, a man of faith. Is it? I
0: mean, that, I had
1: I, at that time I had wandered away from the Lord. I was not living in in you know in
0: Community faith right with him right uh, you know at the time but it, it, it does sound like abraham from the standpoint that that's what god called abraham he goes yeah. go to a land that i will show you he right. didn't say hey go to omaha you know right. or go this just go to a land that i yeah. will show you and abram a- abram at that right. point and not abraham his name is abram uh he he took that chance he and that's the question and for right. me you know what's the biggest chance that i took yeah was going you? uh was going to seminary and i was uh Uh, Married, and we just had our first uh, child, Pierce. He was uh, weeks old, and uh, this was back in 1995. And we were living in Toledo, Ohio, and I sold we sold our house. We sold everything that we had, loaded up the truck and we moved, <laughs> moved to, to mo- we moved to Phoenix <laughs> and uh, went to seminary. And there was, you know, while I felt like this is what God wanted me to do. Right. Uh, and that God was calling me to go to seminary, man, I didn't know anybody. Nope. I had no guarantee that I was gonna succeed in, in seminary. Uh right. I Uh, There was no indication necessarily that I was going to be able to pass Greek or systematic theology. Uh, You didn't uh, even have a couple of idiot friends and a couch to 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 go Uh, to. uh, to Right. Yeah. So, but it it was a chance that I took. Now, it's interesting that you say, you know, I took that chance not really thinking at all in terms of God. Right. My chance, I was thinking very much in terms of God. Right, right. But still, it's the same thing. It's like, what was I thinking? You know, what, you know. Uh, why? What was my motivation for that? And that's really a lot of what I think we're going to be talking about here with this parable from Matthew chapter uh, 25. Is is you know there's there's very interesting characters in the in this parable as there yeah. always are oh, yeah and then we we want to ask ourselves we always want to put ourselves into the passage right we want to ask ourselves you know what was our what's our motivation here what are the motivations of these individuals you know
1: and uh, we are start, they justified I, are we start as we start to identify with them then how do we see ourselves fitting in this and what are our motivations ultimately i think that really comes down to Uh, you know, a lot of stuff, what is our motivation?
0: And as it usually is with most Bible stories, and I tell people at Koinonia, our Bible study on Wednesday night here, I say, well, you know, whenever we read a Bible passage, do not identify with the heroes of the passage. You're going to get a lot more out of the passages if you identify with the ones who are (laughs) not the heroes. Right. Now, there's one guy in this story who's not the hero, and the, the best question that we can ask, and we will, we'll get into it, is... Not how are we like the two guys that are really heroes, but right. how are we like the one guy who's not? And you'll follow what I'm saying. Exactly. Keith, Keith is warming up to read as soon I got, as I shut I up. Got, so.
1: I got the Bible all prepped here, and, and and as always, want you to be thinking about a question as I read, everybody. So how does the parable begin? Take a look. Listen closely here as I begin to read and 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 focus on how it how begins. does it begin? How does it begin? And
0: where are we reading from? And what we are it? reading
1: from Matthew twenty-five verses fourteen to thirty. Here we go. For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents; to another two to another, one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents, but the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, eat, have what is yours. But his master replied, you wicked and lazy slave, you you knew, did you? That I reap where I do not sow, and gather where I do not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received." What was my own with interest? So take the talent from him and give it to the one who had ten with the ten talents. For to all those who have more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But for those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth.
0: Wow. (laughs) <laughs> a little light, a little light reading you did there. I gotta say, to huh?
1: say, man, you man, that's a tough one. Yeah, it sure is. But let's go back to the beginning. Yeah. How does the, again? The question was, how does this begin? I know, I know, we're gonna get to the end. Everybody, don't right. worry. We'll be talking about those last couple of verses. But when it starts, what is it? What? Is, how does it start? What well, do, you know, that?
0: the uh, the, uh, the answer for me is, it, it, and we're talking about parables. So when we're talking about parables through all these weeks, we're talking about the fact that Jesus. Jesus took time to be a teacher, and mm-hmm. as he takes time to be a teacher, he does this by telling stories, and we call them parables. And in each of those, these stories, and this is a great example of it, uh, he casts us. Uh, he casts himself. Mm-hmm. He casts God he casts you and me. Right. Just like, and I'll, I'm really fascinated because you have an acting background and I'm really fascinated to see how you react to this and because okay, Jesus is essentially sitting down and saying, okay, this is who God is right. and this is who you are. And in this parable, Jesus sits down and, and, and says, the kingdom of God is like this. God is, God the Father is master. That's his cast. That's right. his role. Okay, that's the part he's playing. Right. And you all are like one of these three guys. One has five talents. One has two talents. One has one talent that are given to them. They don't have that. They don't belong. Those talents do not belong to them those talents belong to the master and the master entrusts them to 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 uh, the, the talents to these um, to these slaves right the, uh, the everything belongs to the master right. and then the slaves go out and, and do what they're going to do and we know what they do the first two double double the talents that are given to them the one uh, is afraid and b- buries it in the ground but what happens how does this begin the whole thing begins with jesus not just telling a parable Although that's what we're talking about. Not just telling a story, but casting the entire universe, Uh giving them a role to play. It's as if I was the director or the the executive producer of a play or a movie, and I said, you know, okay, Keith, I am casting you in the role of Han Solo, or in the role of, uh, what's the name of the guy that Humphrey Bogart played in Casablanca, you know, Rick. Uh, I'm casting you. Now, I don't want you to be Keith anymore. Right. I want, you know, I don't want you to see yourself as Keith. Right. I want you to see yourself in this in this role. Right. And, and, and the question is whether or not as we listen to this it, or any other parable, whether or not we're going to take just five minutes to see ourselves in these roles and see God in that role. Are we willing to let Jesus tell us that God is master for whom and to whom Everything, including our lives, everything belongs to him. Right. I don't want that to get past us here. That casting of roles. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Now, he tells the story, but first, he casts everybody. You follow what I'm saying?
1: And, And I find it fascinating because I am a theater person and because, you know, I'm of my background. I... I know only one time in my whole life that it happened to me, and I, I, I probably could count on one hand of the actors that have had this kind of story before, where I was recast during the production.
0: Because you stonk at what you were doing? No, because, because... well, because Yes, thank you. You, you.
1: Because the lead role had taken on too much in his personal life, so he had to back out. Right. And he, he suggested to I the director. I had to insult you. All oh, all of course, yeah. of course. But interesting because every actor knows when you get cast, that's the role. right? Unless you're an understudy and, of course, the blah, 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 you're a swing. I mean, these are technical terms and everything like that. But man, fascinating because one of the things I think we like to do with these is cast ourselves pick and choose which one of these if i said to you jd which one of these guys are you right well, your I'm, answer, not the mas- I'm not the master. Your answer could very well be different than what Jesus is casting you in, because well, I always go to an audition seeing myself as the star, as the lead role. I'm going to audition for the lead role. I get spear carrier number two downstage left, <laughs> and that's my, you know, that's my role, right?
0: But because the producer, because the, the director, director and the
1: producer and everybody involved in, in that completely different way. does not see me in that role. They see so interesting how you you say Jesus casts us in these roles. In my mind, that locks me in. So if Jesus locks me in as the guy with one talent, what's my options? What am I, you know, I don't know that we want to dig this one up too deeply or anything like that, because we've got other things we want to talk about, certainly. But I just, it's fascinating. so if I'm, if it's up to me, I'm the 10 talent guy, or I certainly want to be the 10 talent guy, right? I want those five, and I want to be able to say, here you go, God. Here's five more. I did it. But just like moving to Richmond, just like moving to Arizona, are we in our lives right now willing to take that chance Mm -hmm. to invest for the master?
0: Well, very well said, And, and when I say casting in these roles, okay, I think Jesus is wanting everybody listening to this parable throughout time to take the time to cast themselves or allow themselves to be cast into that that one talent guy and to learn from him. But you can be spear carrier number two and wonder what it is like to be the lead actor or the lead actress to imagine, you know uh playing a role that you can't possibly be play because it's supposed to be played by a woman and you're a man you can huh. still imagine and think about what are the motivations what are the, and that's the, the there's value in that too so i don't yeah. i'm not saying all, all jesus wants us to do is to you know well, no, identify I with the one to with, me it opened my mind to this whole
1: idea that no i'm i'm cast as jesus is setting a stage and don't keith immediately put yourself in the role of the five talent character
0: and close yourself off to to any other any other possibility i just think it's very i think it's very interesting that he you know and i don't think it should get past us that jesus is not just telling a story he's casting he's He's uh, casting out a vision for who we are. He right. does this with all the parables. Right. You know, you take the prodigal son, yeah. and we immediately ask, what role are you? Yeah. Who are you? Who are we you? talked about that f- right. weeks ago right. when we first right, started right, right. this series. You know, who
1: do you identify but, with? But more now I wonder, now when I go back and think about that, it's like, well, who does Jesus think I am? Because it, it, just because of what we're talking about here is like, right. whoa, wait a minute. I think I'm the, I think I'm the prodigal son. But
0: maybe in my
1: life, the Jesus older is telling me I'm the older brother now. And,
0: and we talked about the four soils. We, right. which soil right. we were, and he's casting, and and yeah. and so it's like that's the great value is saying, okay. Which one am I? I may very well be the guy with the two talents or the or guy I'm... with the five talents who are very successful. I may very well get to that end and where Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant, which is right. the goal of all true believers oh, to my hear gosh, how Jesus, I Jesus yeah. say that to us. Mm. But... It's so important for us to question whether or not, and in what ways we are like the one-talent guy, right. burying it out of fear and out of assumption, and so and, and fear of the master. Because let's go, let's go to
1: our, another question then, because that kind of segues very nicely. What are the motivations of the three guys, the three
0: servants, the three slaves? Well, what the two, is the, their motivation? The first two slaves, regardless of, and they're slaves, right. by the way. Interesting yeah. that Jesus casts us in that role, right? Uh, uh, and uses that well. language. Uh, the first two slaves, regardless of what they've been given, are motivated similarly. One has five, the other has two, uh, but they both do the same thing. They both uh, uh, get the same return. They both get a one hundred percent return because of their of their faithful investing and, and chance taking. Right, which is where we open. Right, uh, what is their motivation? Their motivation is to you know fulfill what they assume to be the will. Of the, the of master, the master right. uh, to do uh, what the, the master would want them to do, to do what the master would do himself. Uh, right. The motivation of the third, the failure, the one with the one talent is is fear to respond to fear he admits that himself i was afraid so i buried it in the ground uh, his motivation is to respond to the assumptions that he has about the father about the master that are not true Hmm. that the master is a mean old guy who does whatever he wants and is unjust you reap what you did not sow and you didn't you know take what doesn't belong to you and all this kind of stuff uh, you know, so his motivation is is uh, rooted in in lies and assumptions uh, about the uh, uh, about the master. How am I like that? How many assumptions do I have about the master that are not accurate?
1: Are they lies or are they just his assumptions? Right. Because the master very much shows proves he is strict mm-hmm. and he does strip the man of his talent and throw him out where there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth.
0: And we have right? we, are, we are left with the question of whether or not the master is justified in treating that one slave like oh, that. Well, you know. now, we're are, he, the, now we're getting into now we're
1: getting it because you you said here we've ca- Jesus casts God as the master. Right. We know that God is the master. Is God truly like this man who reaps where he does not sow and or and sows where or what is it and does not where he does not scatter right. right yeah and so so gather where he does not scatter so he here he is he's is he doing that I mean is our God
0: in heaven to be perceived as well that's what the no the answer is no because that's what the the slave the final slave the the third slave who is the failure. That's what he says about the father, right? And about the master. And clearly, Jesus' inference is, you know, that is a that is a wrong assumption uh, that creates wrong action and creates wrong reaction from the one slave. What I'm raising is the question of what, you know, whether or not God, the master, is really one who takes a, a slave like that and casts him out in the end. This is harsh. This is a harsh picture of, of the master, and it's amazing. Jesus doesn't shy away from it. Nope. Jesus goes right into it and says, this is how it's going to be. This is going to ha- be how it is with any slave, any follower of God who you know, doesn't take a chance so on this God. So this isn't even
1: non-followers. We know their fate according to what Jesus has told us and what the Bible says this is believers these right. are people who, who are claim to believe. who claim to believe who who say i am a slave of the master but i am so afraid of god right. that i'm going to hide what he has given me in the dirt right and i'm going to act the way i want to act because right. my perception of my master is such that he's a har- he's a terrible god a wrathful god and it's almost like fulfilling what is self-fulfilling prophecy at that point it is
0: a self you're exactly right and i can't stop thinking about the book of james uh, and how important the book of james is uh, as a counterpoint uh, and as a balancing point to to the rest of the new testament it's james that comes along and says yeah you say you got faith show me your works yeah. faith without works is dead right. faith without works is not faith this is the case that james very forcefully and very directly makes. And I think that's the that's the that, point that this makes. I think you're absolutely He's, right. Do you have faith? Do you believe in Jesus? Yeah. JD, do you believe in Jesus? Yeah. Well then step sh- out. Yeah. Show me what you've got. Yeah. You know, you have the the question of whether or not you and I have been given talents, right? Been given gifts. That's not in question. Given ability to do something for the glory of God, that's not in question at all. Uh, You can't sit here, none of us can sit here and say, well, you know, I believe in God, but God hasn't given me anything to work with. Not one of us can say that. The question is, are we going to go beyond saying that we believe uh, to the point of actually doing something with what we've been given in the name of faith, taking a chance on the one that we claim to believe in. There's the book of James. There's the parable that we're talking about, isn't I, it?
1: I, truly, I Yeah, I believe it. I mean, you know, when we ask how how are things being revealed, what are we, you know, what what is being proven, I think we're seeing it, that if we think less of God then we're going you know then he is because we're not studying the bible we're not looking into the character of god in these stories in these in these times then yeah we're going to see him as a horrible god we're going to see him as a as a strict rule making slam you you know swat your nose kind of right. kind of god you know as as his slaves we're going to be beaten and and but in the end that's what's going to happen, and it's not because God is that way. It's because that's who we perceive God to be, and that's how we behave.
0: And we based our we based our actions and our behaviors up, up, upon those er- erroneous assumptions. Absolutely, on, on a lack of faith. I mean, he sits there, the the final slave sits there and says, "Well, I, you know, I had this assumption about you, uh, and I had this uh, a fear of you, uh, mm-hmm. but really, um, you know, he." he uh he fails to have any kind of he fa- he, he fails to take a chance on god yeah, and I more than right. anything else uh, he just simply refuses to to be that person who takes a chance on his relationship with god what is being revealed about every, about us and how is it being revealed what's being revealed is the true character the true belief system of the of all three of the slaves and it's being revealed through uh through through uh, action, through chance taking, through opportunity, this—how does this parable begin? We can go back to that question. Jesus—it it begins with Jesus casting us uh, and God, uh, but it also begins with us having an opportunity in the question of whether, how, and whether or not we are going to act on that re- opportunity, and when we don't act, and yeah. when we do act. Yeah our true character our true faith is is revealed that is that is life that is life on planet earth as a christian yeah. it, it you know we can claim to be christians and do nothing about it
1: right Right, and if absolutely. we if
0: we claim to be Christians and do nothing about it, well, then something is really revealed. The the authenticity or the lack of authenticity is is revealed. Yeah. It right. it it is it, everything else is boiled away. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I absolutely understand what
1: you're saying because that's that's me sometimes. You know, I I am. That talent that the talent hiding Christian I'm like, no, I don't want to offer that to this person oh I, you know, and what I want to get onto to a little quicker, happier note here is we're starting to close in on the end of the time that we have today um, let me ask what does it mean to enter the joy of the master because we look at these two other servants and by the way i also want to say notice they've been given 5 and 2 we're not given equal talents everybody it's we're not good given um, the same i look at jd across the table from me here and i think man what a great whatever he is and i wish i was like him at the same time he's probably looking over here going man i wish i wish i was more like keith in these ways it's okay to Think that, but right. it's also not okay to bury your own talents in wishing for something else that God gave you. Use what God gave you, whether it's two talents or five.
0: I think it's a great point. Yeah. I would say, What's the reaction of the guy who gets one talent? What's the reaction of the guy of, of all of them? The guy who gets five, right. gets two, gets one. Is the guy who gets the five sitting there saying, Well, I got more than these two guys. I must be better, better than these two guys. No, that's not the case. No. Not at all. Is the guy who gets two and the guy who gets one saying, Man, I didn't get as much as these other guys, uh, but uh, I'm very satisfied with what I have, and I'm just going to do, I'm, I'm at peace with that. It's not my call to decide what, what I am given. It's the right. master's call, right. and it's my call to simply make with what... Make you know, do with what I got. With what I've got. Right. Uh, absolutely. But you're leaning towards... Uh, he, so getting back to getting what, what back to
1: what does it mean to enter the joy of it, your master?
0: That's a, that's a key line because when the first two slaves come back, that's what God says. He says, Keith, well done. Okay. Well done. Enter into the joy of your master. This is an open, this is a welcoming of, of us into the kingdom wow. at the end of time. And he says to you at the door to heaven, he says, well done. Enter into the joy of your master. What, what does that mean? You know, I, I think of Jesus saying, pray in my name. You know, everything in my name, pray in my name, uh, and you, it will be done to you. That's really Jesus' call to, to align our prayers with the will of God. Same thing here, mm-hmm. you know, align our prayers with the will of God, with what God has already decided to do, align ourselves with God by by praying. Same thing here. Can we align our lives right now with the things that bring joy to the Master? Or are we aligning our actions and our choices and our will to things that only bring us joy right. and only bring us comfort? Right. You know what is it? If we step back, we're going to find out that the things that bring us joy and bring us com- comfort you, quite often are out of line with that which brings God joy.
1: Right? Because do you think that the guy with the five talents walked out of that? I walked out of that situation saying, "Well, I got to do something with this because if if I don't, the master's going to be mad at me." Or does he think, "Hey"? I'm just going to use what the master gave me and we'll
0: see what happens. Oh, it, it, the latter. Clearly, burying it in the ground brought that, that slave but joy. Didn't, but they didn't know it when they did it, mm-hmm.
1: I mean, the, the one guy had the perception, this guy's mean. I'm just going to, I'm not going to touch his stuff. I'm going to bury it. I'm going to keep it safe. He probably slept on it, you know, in the rain. I could see him being out there guarding that one talent till the master comes home. But being so focused on that thing that he had that he didn't, share it You can go out and do anything but these other guys are do you think they were like well i have an idea let me go do this and see if i can get more
0: money because I, yeah they did because and because they knew it would bring the master joy and the question is whether or not that bringing god joy is is truly our so, motivation so that's the two sides of the coin so to speak is well, do that
1: you, do you do you see this as an opportunity to bring god joy or are you so afraid of god you're afraid of his wrath and, and that paralyzes you
0: you want to go to heaven we right. all want to go to heaven right. but what if heaven is a place that is filled with the things that brings god joy okay that sounds great unless we really truly are people who don't derive joy from the things that bring God joy? Wow, In boy. which case, if that's who I am, then then heaven's not going to be somewhere that I'm going to really be excited to be. Well, Do we uh, really get excited about yeah. the things that bring God's bring God's heart joy? Right. Because that's what enter into the joy of your so master. So many of us and so
1: much of the me not media but entertainment and all this other says when you get to heaven, you're going to be happy. It's going to be filled with the things that you love that bring you joy. Whoa, wait a minute. Are you saying that that they're wrong? Yeah, Yeah, I think you are. I think Jesus is saying they're wrong because here in this very moment, he says... Well done, good and faithful slave. Well done, good and faithful you servant. You aligned Enter, yourself. You aligned
0: you, yourself with what the master wanted. You did what I wanted. Right. And when Jesus says, "Pray in my name," that's what he's saying. When you pray, set aside your priorities yep. and align yourself with the things that bring me joy and bring, and bring uh, bring the kingdom of, uh, uh, to to fuller expression. Absolutely. Uh, are we that way? Oh, you, we can sit here and say that we are. But that's gonna what, get proven. But what are yeah? What do we got to hand God
1: when we when he when he comes back or when we're called to heaven? Right. All right.
0: Interesting thought. Well, thanks for your thoughts on this
1: one. This is really a, it's more an eye opener for me today. This one.
0: Well, good. It's early in the morning, and we had to wake you up. <laughs> this has been uh, Megan's old office uh, live from Dundee Presbyterian Church. Well, it, live for us at live. least. We are alive. Yes, and uh, we had a lot of fun with this. We'll see you next week with our another study of the parables. Thank you so much for joining us this week on
1: Megan's Old Office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha. Or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office.
0: You can contact us through email at Megan's Old Office at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.